Hey, Gut Check Army. Zach here uh, to do two things. First of all, to apologize that last week we had no episode. Uh, I intended to, but like I mentioned on Twitter and Facebook, just got overwhelmed with uh, stuff related to Ted's book. We are now in the very last few little uh, clicks of the mouse uh, to get this thing available on time so that Kickstarters can get their stuff in the mail and everyone can order this thing on the 15th of August, both as a paperback and for your Kindle. So that'll be pretty cool. Again, the book is called A Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day by Mr. Ted Cluck. He appreciates the formality. And the other thing is also to apologize. That's right, I'm apologizing twice because these days everyone's apologizing all the time. Um, in fact, let me apologize just for being a heterosexual, middle-aged, white male who is a clergyman. I feel like that's a crime against humanity, and I probably should be dragged before the hag. Uh, and then a third apology would be the audio on this episode. Um, I don't know why it's different from last episode. I must have gotten a little tired in where I was holding our little recorder in the van because I am way louder than Ted. I hate that. Uh, I tried fiddling with it, and it became clear it was going to take, like, hours to uh, remedy it. So here's the, here's the thing. You're in the van with us. I'm louder than Ted because you're sitting right by me. Uh, you and I, maybe we're in the back. Yeah, this is, this is how you imagine this. <laughs> you and me are in the back. Big T's driving. Tristan Cluck is riding shotgun. And so you can hear Ted in one ear better than the other, but you have to strain a little bit here and there. So sorry. By way of compensation, uh, I'm going to refund everybody's uh, subscription fees uh, and delete our Patreon page, which never existed. All right, that's all. Hope you enjoy this episode. And once we get to the retreat center, I hope you have a relaxing time chilling out on the lovely shore of Lake Huron, eating the most expensive steaks we could find at a very regular grocery store, and smoking a half dozen cigars each in the span of about three days, uh, also known as One Afternoon for Joe Thorne. And we will see you this time. And now, coming to you live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and inside a minivan headed north along the Lake Huron shore, it's the Gut Check Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Alright, we're leaving the rest stop. Everybody in? Everybody's in? Alright, you're okay. Are you buckled up, listener? Are you buckled in? We don't actually shift into drive and go until you're buckled in. That's right. You're gonna ride in the van with us. You know, Ted, you just gave me this water. Uh huh. Which reminded me, <laughs> as I opened it, of the last time we were all together in the. Uh... Oh, by the way, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I'm Ted Cluck, joined as always. I'm Zach, it's me, it's Zach. By my good friend and partner in radio, Zachary Bartles, and my son, Tristan Cluck, in the back seat. Uh, we are in our roving mobile studio, uh, also known as our really gross, really full minivan, um, heading up to a corporate retreat. Got Check Corporate uh, has funded a chalet in uh, northern Michigan on Lake Huron, and we are retreating to move forward. So um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of company business on this retreat. Work business, a lot but of work play business. business in play business. A lot of I feel like flowchart drawing and big picture visioning, envisioning process, uh, where we see the company going in the next few years. Envisioning, envisioning, out-visioning. Out-visioning, revisioning, 
Um, Zachary, you no revisioning. No, but I was gonna say that the well, water. Yeah. Reminded water me on? right after uh, the last time we we signed off from the van, mm-hmm. we went to McKay's. Okay. We walked around for a while. We went to that taco truck. Yes, that's right. And we got some nachos, some tacos, yeah. and some waters. That's right. And something was off about those waters. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. We both looked at each other. Uh huh. And and here's the thing: when you opened it, <laughs> it cracked. Yeah. So it felt like okay. This is legitimate, like, mm-hmm. whatever, Ice Mountain or whatever yep. water. And then we both realized, instead of being filled almost to the top, like a real yep. bottled water, yeah, it was filled all the way to the top, which they yep. don't do because then if it freezes, it would destroy the Correct, thing. Correct, yeah. And then we also, when we went to taste it, it was very room temperature, tepid. and Very then, tap water-esque. It, it was yeah. tap water. Right. And we were wondering if maybe he had fished. It had that... <laughs> It had that just came out of the McKay's bathroom, yes, you know, quality about and, it. And which... the bottle had the just fished out of the uh, trash can and washed, hopefully, That's right. That's uh, right. and then refilled. And hey, I bought this thing that melts the the ring back onto the. Uh... <laughs> so so we ate this spicy Mexican food, and neither of us touched our water. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we both like angrily threw the waters into the wastebasket right in front of the taco truck oh, with I, a loud I, thunk. You know. We didn't though. We couldn't make that guy feel bad. He was I doing know. his best. That guy was awesome. That guy. He called us amigo. It was really nice. So, who are we? You read that baseball book that you bought there yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Yeah, I read both of them. I think I got two baseball books that day. All right, man. We've got stuff to talk about. What was the thing? You what was the thing you were like? We could talk about that on the on the thing with the thing. I don't remember what it was. I think it was the thing that we were going to talk about um, with the girls, though, about theater and about. All right. Uh, yeah. Let me. Poet Society. Let me bust out the uh, some some reviews that that our yeah. podcast. We we're going to have to like dole these out over the course of like three eps because there's yeah. quite a few of them here. Dude, that's great. I love phoning five star reviews. If you're uh, a listener. Send us your five-star. Send us your five-star review. Lay some fawning words on us. Uh, we have no interest in constructive criticism, so if it's anything less than a five-star, we're not interested. Yeah. And to the two people who have been foolish enough to do that, mm-hmm. I mean, one of them we did reward by reading, but then we just mocked yes. like the spelling and grammar a lot. Yeah, and we will do that. We've been known to do that. So if you're a five-star fawning review smith, yeah. You know, work your craft yeah. in our direction. And, and you know, uh, we, while you're looking this up, I'm just going to kind of vamp if you don't mind. Go but for it, yeah. It's your you, program. Do what you, you like. You know what we occasionally get on my other program? Oh, you want to talk about your other program? All right, what? No, no, but this is disparaging toward my other program, oh, okay. so you're going to like it. We get long resignation letters sometimes from fans. Yes, I've, are, I've heard of this. Who are re- resigning from our program. And I just, it tickles me. It's so, it's to me so funny. And you like glance at it and you're like, yeah, I don't care. And then you didn't even read it. <laughs> and so what was the point of them writing it? That's what, it. What yeah. is the most foolish thing that someone has uh, withdrawn their support over? Uh, typically it's just like either Piper getting too political or us getting too cynical or some combination therein. Okay. Ron I'm- traveling too much. Oh, wait, that's, that's just always a thing that happens. So it's like they can't keep up with like Piper like each week championing a different like <laughs> downtrodden group hey, or, you know or just you know, half the population or something. Exactly. By a downtrodden group, you mean one, <laughs> one, one group half, that fifty-two percent of the world. No, I I do I do love Barnabas Piper. Oh, and I find so him hilarious and awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, I I'm looking at uh, all sorts of stuff here. Some of it requires actual props. 
Okay. Uh, some of it is uh, going to be for when we've got the ladies with us, and some of it needs your eyes on some graphics. Mm. But I can read some of these reviews yeah, right now. And I'll just respond. By the way, just to respond in kind, Yeah. Uh, my other program, mm-hmm. like the last three reviews, yeah. I've been like, oh, we got a new review. We've got like 150-some on that sure, one. Sure, sure. We got 96 on Gut Check, by the way. We're coming up on 100. Hey, okay. So yeah, you next four. Come on, hook us up. Absolutely. But like the last couple, so they've, they've all made reference to how frequently the other guy says, you know. Oh. Because he's got just kind of a vocal tick. He yeah, just sure. says, you know, when he's thinking. I, I don't know. I don't hear it anymore. Sure. But like I, I'm so so I'll be like, oh, we got a re- oh, I I want to I, I kind of want to protect him from seeing it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. Uh, so here we go. Let's let's start here with. Oh, and I told people. Uh, some time ago, mm-hmm. when we dropped the Wampus episode, I said if you leave a review with a Luke Wampus related reference yeah. in it, one of the people who does that will win a gut check book. So yeah. we have to choose the best Wampus oh, related. I love it. Uh, so the real Kahan Man. Kahan Man, remember we, that guy? We love you, Kahan Man. But if if this isn't a first time review, it doesn't help our numbers, and so you're oh. not you're, you're not eligible. Uh, he said. It's the five-star review, and it says, Freak Luke Wampus, and there's a star between the E and the A of Freak. Okay. What is he trying to do there? I have no idea. I think he's trying to make it like F Luke Wampus, yeah. but he didn't want to yeah. toe that line all the way. It's a delicate line. It's, it is. It is a very delicate line. For K-Han line. Man to try. K-Han Man, he's got a lot, a lot on the line here. Only this is the real K-Han Man, and K-Han is spelled correctly, so this might not be the real K-Han Man. Hey, exactly. He spelled it with an H. It's Kahan. <laughs> uh, the podcast I'm sorry <clears throat> Backing it up mm-hmm. He says This podcast is the only thing That has made me laugh Since Luke Wampus Stole my wife And ruined my marriage Oh Short and sweet Luke Wampus Who will destroy Destroy <laughs> Your marriage <laughs> You know what That's hilarious He's back in He's eligible he again uh, Jesse Jordan Okay uh, five-star review, R.E. Words. Okay. This duo uses lots of words. If their words were marshmallows, they'd be playing Chubby Bunny each episode. Mmm. Marshmallows. I like marshmallows. Hashtag Luke Wampus. I feel like that... I feel like somebody just took a review we've already read uh-huh. and added hashtag Luke Wampus to it. Yeah. I, I do you have a little, that... like, uh, what do you call Deja vu about that? Yeah, a little that? deja vu about that review, for sure. In, uh, all right, you're you're uh, disqualified, ineligible. <laughs> no one's gonna win. This I do point. like that it had Luke Wampus in it, and that it was five stars. I'm okay. trying to keep it positive. Uh, okay, next one is D A. Hold on, I messed up somehow. I'm seeing the real yeah, K Hun yeah. Man again. What's going on here? Also, your wife's back to going 88. Yeah, she's a real, she's a fast woman, as they yeah. say. Um, D A 13. Okay. Five stars. The most educational podcast in the world. All I can say is, wow, the entire world of platform building and business know-how has been opened to me because of Gut Check. Even more, I've learned so much about Edith and Lord Grantham that has deeply impacted my life. These men of letters, I'm sorry, these men of leisure and means even take the time to give back through the literacy drives and program. A true inspiration to uh dot 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 more 
but I can't click more because it's a screenshot. <laughs> Sorry, uh, DA13. That's somebody who hasn't gone to Wampus yet. I loved where that one was going, though, because it was really fawning, and I, I feel like he he or she recognized what we what we are about on the program, which is giving back and literacy. It is. This it is, is a humanitarian exactly what effort, yeah. essentially, and yeah, I'm glad somebody recognized it. All right, we've got... Uh, oh, man, there, there are an awful lot of these. Wonderful, baby. It, it, it's food for my soul. It's good to be appreciated, isn't it? We've got uh, Tyler in Ohio. Ty. His uh, <laughs> his review is called Don't Succumb to Luke Wampus. Luke Wampus. Five stars. Aren't we all prone to the danger of giving in to Luke Wampus? <laughs> I know that I am. I, I like it already, dude. Listening to the Gut Check podcast for much-needed refreshment, resources, and encouragement. Fight the good fight and stick it to Luke W. <laughs> I feel like that guy's in the lead. I feel like that's the lead. Yeah, at this point, that's, that one's going to be tough to beat. All right, we've got uh, Red Rum 0624. Good. Recommended by Luke Wampus. Oh. Five stars. We're taking a little different direction. Yeah. Luke loves this podcast. I would have never found it if he didn't sing its praises every time he speaks. He's borderline obsessed, but I say for good reason. I don't think this guy gets the Luke Wampus deal. I don't think he does either. He needs to re-listen to those episodes. Re-listen and come back again. Uh, David Regeer. We know him. Yeah, he's, he's the guy who uh, he really tried his luck with that whole coffee thing. He did, yeah. Try-hard coffee mogul, but didn't quite reach our level. Yeah, well, you know what? Not everybody could be Not a everybody podcast. Can. But everybody can get that free bag of coffee in the <laughs> once in the mail. Ever. I actually got another one when I stayed at your house. You Dude, you made right. a little uh, you made me a little. I don't know if we talked about this when I was there. You made, that, that little like hospitality yeah, trade. They, I wanted you to feel welcomed in the hospitality. I never felt more welcomed in my life. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Uh, <laughs> let no man think he makes any progress in holiness who walks not over the belly of Luke Wampus. Dude, that's John funny. Owen. That's really funny. That's I really up there like too. That. Yeah, yeah. well. I feel like he's ineligible because he's just he's at a higher level than most people in like making pithy funny statements. Also, he kind of did the pithy funny Luke Wampus thing that we did on the air. So in a way, it's not that original. <laughs> I feel like there's still a little bitterness there between us and uh, Luke Wampus. And Wampus. Uh, it's not a thing, but dot 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 is the yeah. name of this one. Like you remember it. what that's a reference to? No, what? We were doing an energy trick of you. He said, hey, you know what this you know what this smells like? And this is not a thing. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and this is by Daniel the Beard. Okay. Um, do I not do I misunderstand what, what it means when a person is a beard? Yeah, I mean I think we're thinking of it in the a, a different a sense. Different context. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hans Booby. These podcast moguls are leading the fight against the most despicable character, Luke Wampus. Their humor always puts me in a good mood. So grab a nice cigar, a fine energy drink, and enjoy. Nice. Maybe we're going to be grabbing a nice cigar later. Hopefully tonight. Oh, dude, I, I brought a lot of them. Let's smoke a lot of them and drink a lot of energy drinks. I like it. Uh, B. McCain 05. No, BM McCain. That's Brian McLaren McCain. Uh-huh. 05. Five-star review. Luke Wampus no more. Oh, for years, I allowed Luke Wampus into my house. <laughs> I couldn't see the evil he was doing. He was so sly in the way he made... He was so sly in the way he made things feel not too hot and yet not too cold. <laughs> then I listened to the Gut Check podcast. 
My eyes were open to the evil ways of a Luke Wampus. Thank you, Gutcheck, for saving my marriage, yeah, for welcome. saving my life. Wow. Ooh, that's a good one, too. I really like that one. I feel, I feel thanked. I mean, what, what more can I say? I feel like we've, we've made an impact, Zach, which is what we started out to do all those years ago when we, when we launched this media empire. There's only a couple more. Let's just knock them out. Sure. Shazam, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Five-star review. This is great and exactly what you are looking for in a podcast. Two friends talking about stuff and making you laugh. Great, man. I I actually, I like the directness of that. It may sound a little workmanlike, but but I really, I celebrate that review. Dude, Erin's not happy that she had to slow down for that guy right there. Yeah, she's she's not happy because she's not going 88 and making my (laughs) van, like, shake to pieces. All right, finally... Jared Rossiter and this guy I've got I've got some messages from him I need to read you Jay Ross this guy this guy's a huge fan of the program oh I love it dude I love fans of the program listen to the name of the the uh, review the perfect podcast five stars that makes me happy this podcast between two partners the business kind not the gay kind (laughs) in parentheses he says can you still say that well yes we can still say that (laughs) it's not popular to delineate but Hits all topics with absolute hilarity. The two make each other laugh in a way that Trogzy wishes he could. You can see, I mean here, because Hans Booby, this is radio. Yes. The genuine affection, again, not gay, between these two. (laughs) Dude, I love the nuance he brings to it. This is good. I'll stop fawning. I'll stop saying fawning things. Insert clip of Ted saying, no, baby, don't talk like that. Before this goes too long, all caps, I absolutely love this podcast. Uh, thanks, I, Jay Ross. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's incredible, man. That makes me feel good. I think he wins, even though he didn't mention Wampus. Yeah, he doesn't have to. We, we remake the rules on yeah. our own whims. Jared Rossiter, what book does he get? A sub-question, what books do I have copies of? Dude, I've got the guide to publishing. I've got copies of, uh, well, my adoption book. Which isn't a gut check production, but I feel like you would maybe still enjoy a copy. Of yeah, it. send him send him that, and I'll send him. Um, if you stop by after after your uh, your your shift at camp, yeah, we can both sign a copy of the guide to publishing and send that out. Dude, I love it. I love it. Nice. All right, Rossiter, you 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 Actually, win again. I have a copy of the adoption book on me, so I can nice. I can sign it and hand it over. All right. On this trip. On your person. On my person. Yeah, but like, is it like tucked up? I carry it. I've got a concealed carry license for it. Like Ehud, it's like like tied with a string to your thigh. It's it's up under your shorts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) These nice linen shorts. You can actually see the faint outline of a out of print paperback hugging my thigh. Not in a gay way, though. You know, no, no, in a completely platonic way. In a business, (laughs) in a business way. You know what we're doing? We're dreaming big. You know, you get me out here in the, the northern wilds of Michigan and uh, here in a retreat setting, you know, retreat center. And, uh, and by that we mean we're driving, like, between two <laughs> empty fields That's right. by, like, a sad cell tower. By that we mean in my van. Um, yeah, surrounded by the detritus of a long car trip. Um, I don't know, but I see these boats, baby, and I just, I feel romantic. You know what I mean? You feel like a wharf is nearby. I feel like a wharf is nearby, and I'm a wharf guy. Well, pretty soon, very soon, actually, we're going to hit the point, maybe in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Bear feed. You can buy bear feed. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. In about 10 minutes, we're going to hit the point where the rest of the drive, we are on this state highway, and to our right will be Lake Huron the whole way, and oh, it is a dude, lovely drive. 
Um, remember when we were in Israel and our tour made a very like intentional stop at that like olive business, yes. and uh, we heard the spiel from the guy, and uh, and we had the opportunity to go buy all the olive stuff. Um, Dude, you went nuts in there. I enjoyed it. I enjoy. I really. I you really were did. to olive stuff as I was to like the chachkis and the yeah. shofars and stuff. No, yeah. I was really, I was really, really charmed by the olive stuff. They had not only like olive oils that you could cook with. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make you an omelet this weekend. Really? I've been in an omelet craze. Okay. Because I watched. You'll like this. As a, this, this feels topical for gut check. Um, I watched a great food movie, an old food movie called The Big Night. You ever see the Big Night with no. Stanley Tucci uh-uh. and uh, and the guy that played Monk? I love Monk. Tucci though. Um, okay, uh-huh. the guy that played in the TV show Monk. They play brothers, and again, it's like the late '40s, and they're trying to open this restaurant in New York, and they're struggling, um, trying to open an Italian place. And anyway, a bunch of stuff happens. They they end up like throwing this huge lavish meal, supposedly for a celebrity like crooner, like a Sinatra figure, who's supposed to come into the restaurant that night, but he never shows. Um, so they make this huge meal, and then the following morning, they kind of have the, it's kind of the hangover, you know, of, of having expended all this energy, and there's this beautiful scene where Tucci just fires up a burner, whips together some eggs, and he makes this, like, great omelet where he throws the olive oil in the pan with, with real, like, Mediterranean insouciance, you know, he's just sort of, like, um, very, very nonchalant about the whole thing, and he makes this beautiful omelet. And I gotta tell you, I've been making an omelet almost every day since I saw the movie. Yeah. And uh, and I'm they I'm romanticized gonna, the omelet. They making. romanticized the omelet, and it made me want to make them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make you one on this trip on nice. the retreat, a gut check corporate omelet. Um, but nevertheless, where was I going with that? Was there a point? We were talking. You said speaking of olive, you know, it, yeah. you reminded me of mm-hmm. when we went to the uh, Dead Sea, and, yes. they, and they had a similar shop there with all yep. the all the stuff. Chachki shop. I remember I, it well. I got my wife some lotion. Uh huh. Made with like salt from the Dead Sea. There you go. And I got us. I just got one thing. It was like a, a grind it yourself. Yeah. Salt and pepper and some other stuff mixed in. It was the most delicious stuff ever. Mm. And I'm like, hey, if I like it when we run out, I'll buy it online. There you go. Ran can't out. Get can't get it online. Oh. Aaron ran out of the lotion. Can't get it online. Oh, yeah, we're gonna have to go back to the Dead Sea just to buy some lotion and some some salt. Dude, I want very badly to go back there for a lot of reasons. And if we go back to the Roos. I'm having Razook like put a way bigger tattoo on me this next time. Yeah, what are you yeah. gonna get, man? Dude, I want to expand what I have here and make a whole like shoulder cap out of the whole thing. Well, like um, like uh, like Celtic type knot type stuff around it. Yeah, because it's. Gonna, uh... I'm gonna have her do some designs so that okay. it's all thematic, so that it's all her like her hand all over there. Why like, doesn't uh, she just like watch some YouTube videos about how to make like a prison tat thing out of like a big pen? Yeah, and like a. Well, you know, you know electric crazy. motor, and she could just do it. She's been watching those. <laughs> I can't get her off of these prison tap videos. I'm just kidding. She hasn't. Yeah. She's watched zero prison tap videos. But, um, yeah, baby, I can't wait to get back to the roost with you. And um, I don't know. Are you – this is slightly switching topics, but but maybe not because we were we were near lots of large, large bodies of water when we were in Israel. Are you a boat guy? Like, would you ever – hypothetically, do you ever see yourself buying a boat? I would never buy a boat okay. because – I grew up as a bit of a wharf kid. Yeah. Meaning, meaning, in a city that abuts uh, Lake Huron. Uh, yeah. The, well, yeah. the Saginaw Bay, which sure, feeds sure. into Lake, and, and and was spent a lot of time on boats and stuff. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, not like Portuguese level, but like you were fun-loving Portuguese. <laughs> yeah. But but like, 
I, I know just what an absolute money pit yeah. owning a boat is, and yeah. I know how fun and easy it is to just befriend someone or multiple people <laughs> yeah, who own true. boats. That's uh, true. So, yeah, I would never own one. They're, they're an absolute just bottomless pit of money. Dude, they are. And that's, you know what, that's a good perspective for me because it's it's so easy for me to romanticize boat ownership to the degree that, like, I don't know, I have this, I have this fantasy of, like, someday getting a boat and, dude, just sailing, just, just leaving, you know? Sailing for, like, a year, just stopping in from, from time to time. Um, I don't like that idea one bit. <laughs> dude, I know because it'd be hard to record. Like, the Wi-Fi would be bad out there and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Does that appeal to you at all? That kind the, of thing? the notion of it, yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, I, when I sleep at night, yeah. I always... This is funny. Yeah. Uh, I have two iPods. Okay. iPod Nanos, fourth generation. Okay. Obsolete technology. That's my, that's my bag. That was a good uh, year, the Nano. And uh, I, one of them, I... Put on a little dock, and yeah. it, it in the morning it plays a song to wake me up, and in the all night long it plays like this like brainwave wave sound thing that I downloaded in, a, in my, the worst ins- possible insomnia. Yeah. Middle of like night four of oh. really no sleep. Oh. I got I was like googling insomnia. Yeah. And I found this thing where it's like listen to these brainwaves and you go yeah. right to sleep. Only ninety nine bucks, and so I bought them. You're doing searches like insomnia Instant slash cure. how long till I die. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like insomnia and then in quotes like uh, uh, death wish. And like, um, so I, 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 because I paid all that money for those, yeah. I put them on every night. Sure. And Erin uh, got from, from the point of being like preferring silence to now she needs she needs that kind of white noise. Yeah, at least then, you're like equally yoked in it now. But then I also put on these, these headphones and have another... <laughs> Another one that's that's plugged right into my head there. So you got the wave going externally, and then you've got something in your in your yes. ear in the headphones playing uh, a different a different. And I don't I don't put them in because it okay. hurts. I have yeah. these really flat ones that go over. That way I can yeah. still hear. Like I have also this thing of having to be able to hear. Like if someone's trying to like do me too. If, if jack anyone, into like, my house or something. The house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I have uh, either I, I play a storm, a thunderstorm, or this like creaky boat. It makes it sound oh. like you're sleeping on a boat. And like do I you have the creaky boat thing with you? Because I'd do. love to hear it. Yeah. 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 And and I love like if I can't sleep, sometimes switching from whatever I've got going yeah. to that will do it for me. Like the notion of just kind of being out adrift. Yeah. And and like being asleep. Yeah. There's, there's something even even like as someone who now lives, you know, it's like far away from each of the five Great Lakes as you can and still yeah. be in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, right in the, the, right in the, the middle. middle of the, yeah. the palm there. Um, ooh, I wonder if anyone's ever done like a church logo where it's like Jesus' hand and like that's the nail mark and you're in Lansing. <laughs> is no, that, is like that blasphemous or is that I'm not clever? Sure. It's, um, it's definitely clever. But there's something that draws me, like the idea of like the freedom of yeah. like just sailing away. See, I think that's a draw for me, man. The horizon, the freedom. Yeah, the Jack Sparrow. Like, yeah. Like, if I have this boat, it's it's under no one's jurisdiction. That's I can right. go into international waters, or I can yeah. like my home comes with me. That's the ultimate in lashing. It is. And sailing involves so much. It's lashing. the ultimate lashers fantasy. Yes. You know? Dude, that is a lasher's pipe dream. Dude, my favorite scenes in You've Got Mail are the scenes where Joe Fox has left his girlfriend, Parker Posey, and he goes to live on his boat. And his dad has also, like, ended his relationship, and he's living on his bigger boat, and they're docked. They're lashed, like, together, side by side. 
and uh, they're mixing up like little martinis in the in the hold there of the boat, and it's it's all like lots of rich dark mahogany, and I don't know, it just feels cozy to me. It feels very cozy. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's another uh, Tom Hanks slash Meg Ryan movie yeah. that involves more of that sense and yeah. and nautical lashing called Joe versus the Volcano. I've I've very much seen it. That's one of my favorite movies. A lot of people hate it and think it's a turd. I think it's great. Dude, also Sleepless in Seattle, his dwelling is a houseboat. How come every time those two get together, it's all about like freedom on the sea and lashing? It's all it's it's a lashing nautical experience when those two get together. And, and frankly, they're they're a wonderful pair. They're such a wonderful pair. But do you remember on, on Joe vs. the Volcano, she wants the Tweedledee. Yeah. Because then she can just sail away from her problems and her dad and everything. Yeah, that's right. That's and at right. the end, it, the boat goes down. Her father wounds per Driscoll. Yeah, yeah, she's got straight father wounds. And she her does. father was a monster in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, They both became Calvinists. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, at the end, they're about to, like, like croak. And, like, those those big trunks that he bought. Yeah. Um, if I had the need and the wherewithal, this would be my trunk of choice. That, that they come bobbing up out of the, the water and they tie them together. They lash them together. Yeah. And they're sitting on them under the stars and that's how the movie ends. Boy, great moments in cinematic lashing history if there ever were. <laughs> if there ever was one. Um, dude, other great movie lashings? The Truman Show. Ooh. Where he lashes himself to the mast of that ship at the very end. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Christoph, the, the very like heavy-handed Christ figure yeah. is trying to like throw him off the boat. Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris. Great movie. Great dude, lashing. holy crap. Yeah. Another Tom Hanks-related nautical lashing thing, Lieutenant yeah. Dan tying himself like Certainly. up in the crow's nest and, and railing at God because, yeah. again, daddy wound, daddy wound, veteran absolutely. material, and also yeah. like uh, uh, expectations, I mean, vis-a-vis the, the, the fighting in the wars. Yeah. And then uh, he becomes a Calvinist, doesn't he? Do I remember that right? Yeah, Sinise becomes a Calvinist? Let me, let me pose something to you. Has anybody ever lashed more in a, in, a, in a movie career than Tom Hanks? Gosh. Think about think about all the lashing. Think, think about the movie where he's cast away on that island with the... Right. With the, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. He lashed a lot in then that one. there's island. boats in that, too. There's boats in it, too. This guy's a nautical lashing, like... The, no. Pipe he's, dream. He's in the lashing hall of fame. He is the lashing he, hall of he's fame. He's in the lashing movie Dude, hall of fame. What about this? Yeah. Do you remember uh, Turner and Hooch? He would take, like, a length of, like, canvas strap yep. and hook it up to, like, another canvas strap that was around the dog's neck oh. and then kind of walk <laughs> yeah. around the block with it. Unbelievable. Kind of lashing. lashing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's next level. You know? Dude, Bay, Bay Video, Video, Zenith, Nintendo. and Nintendo. You can, you can rent a Nintendo or a Zenith over Dude, there. Dude, I want a picture of that sign. <laughs> that's the money. Dude, I, how did we never put together that, that Tom Hanks is the patron saint of lashing? He's the patron saint of lashing, I'm telling you, man. Hall of Fame. Since we're talking Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. 80s, etc., yeah. this may be a little loose of a segue. It doesn't matter. It's our show. It's our program, and if we, we want an awkward segue, we can lash these them. topics together. We'll, we'll lash With them together. With a loose piece of canvas. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to posit this. Yeah. Ooh, oh, we're getting near the the near really the water, dude. Warfy, I'm like I'm getting my warfy feelings. The warf, they call it the warf prickle. Yeah, the warf tingle. Dude, look at that boat. We could buy that one. It's for sale. Should we buy that? Let's do it. Should gut check buy a boat? Yeah, let's go to the owner of that with a gut check card and see. Ship won't work. Ship <laughs> won't work. I had to go through that today, folks. We we're gonna Ship buy a boat, work. except. <laughs> so, uh, um, cheers, right? Yeah, I'm on the final season. Yep. 
first time I've gone all the way through chronologically. Sure. And it ups the the like value of the program exponentially. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. great. But it occurs to me. Yeah. Season nine okay. is the best season. Okay. And Turkish tried to get on. Uh, in his live tweeting of, of one of our eps and say that yeah. he thought the whole thing fell apart when Diane left. And yeah, I... That's a common... Ah, I can't disagree more. How do you feel yeah. about that? Uh, I disagree also. I mean, I... I, I was never... I'll, I'll say this about Diane. Um, charming character type, good foil for Sam. But I don't have... I don't have, like, ride-or-die feelings with Diane. Yeah. I wasn't, like, crushed when she left. I didn't feel like... Kirstie Alley replaced her. I just feel like there were different characters that brought different things to the table. I feel like what Kirstie Alley did for Sam's character development was uh-huh. more interesting than what Diane did. Yeah. Even though the Diane character would have been a more kind of healthy arc for him. Sure. Watching him kind of continue to sort of fall apart. Yeah. Uh, leading up to, to what happens in... I mean, we haven't watched it, but I've seen it before. The, yeah. the, the finale. So, anyway, the ninth season is usually, even for the longest lasting of all programs, the last one, right? Yeah. Anything from Growing Pains, to, I think sure. The Cosby Show, uh, The Office, right? Yeah. Some of these may be ten, but not, and usually nine is the last one. And usually by nine... It's hot garbage. Yeah, they've jumped the yeah. shark. Yep. They've done all this stupid stuff, some of which Cheers even does. They bring in a baby. Yeah. Frederick, right? The, a baby's oh, born. yeah, yeah. Uh, Frederick. They, people are getting married. Like, they're yeah. trying to do these things that usually just make it worse. All the, It's the death rattle. It's the sitcom death rattle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, why, what is it about Cheers that made it just get better and better? I don't know. I mean, I think there's this, and maybe this is my, like, cockeyed optimism talking, but there's, <laughs> there's this sense that, like, if you do a show for long enough and you are with these characters for long enough... Maybe, maybe you're refining the characters, right? I'll give you an example from Cheers. Um, in the first season or two of Cheers, Norm is really kind of the snarkiest and most cynical version of himself, right? Like early Norm eps, like Norm's kind of a monster. Not, not a monster, but he's just like a bad guy. But then they settle into this pattern with Norm, like where you said, he's, the, he's kind of the moral center. He's the moral compass for the show. And it's a much better look for him. And I think as the show goes on, they really lean into that in nice ways with, with Normie. Um, so that's an example of a character getting better, right? Um, now, I think for me, and, and you push back on this, I want to hear your, your rebuttal to this, but uh, I feel like there was a dip when Woody replaced Coach. Like, for me, there was a certain level of, like, grandpa comfortability with Coach uh-huh. that that Woody could never bring to the table. Just different character, obviously. But uh, but the further they took Woody away from being, like, a young Coach, the yeah. better that character got. I agree. I so he agree. kept getting better, too. Yeah, they kind of gave him his own stuff. And, the, the, yeah. the As soon as they, like, laid to rest for good, the will-they-won't-they they of uh, Sam, Sam and, and, and yep. Kirstie Alley's character, Rebecca... Yep. The, the better that character yep. began to develop as, yeah. And, and they yeah and, and so it's almost like, like usually it happens kind of early and all at once yeah here's two examples one one you'll track with one you won't sure sure uh, the one you won't is New Girl mm-hmm. um, in the pilot they had Damon Wayans Jr. Mm-hmm. playing coach mm-hmm. also coach mm-hmm. very funny but he took a different show and the show got picked up so they replaced him with this guy playing uh, Winston okay. and he was basically just feeling that like Okay, there's a black guy who lives in the loft. Sure. He's an athlete. Yeah. yeah. And it never quite clicked. 
Yeah. Somewhere in like the third or fourth season, they were like, what if he was just super, super weird? Okay. And like in the course of like two or three apps, they just made him super bizarre. Yeah. And, and the whole show it's got a, a whole new breath of life. Yep. Another yep. one would be um, Chris Pratt on uh, yeah. like the first season of Parks and Rec, which I think holds up. People yeah. think it sucks. I like it. No, I like it too. We've been watching some of those together. They're fun. Oh, my son is obsessed with Parks and Rec right now. Dude, they should watch them together. They would, they would enjoy it. But, uh, like, he's he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. And then they were like, no, 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 people like him, and they want him to be a sweetheart. They want him yeah. to be the nice, dumb, you know, heart of gold. And honestly, the show needed that. Yes. You know, the show needed a sweetheart because Tom, Tommy Haverford was kind of a... Scumbag. Kind of a scumbag. Ron Swanson was Swanson, which we love Swanson, obviously, yeah. but, like, kind of the hard, you know, the hardened uh, exterior, that, that whole thing. You, you see, you see that he cares only once in a while. You needed sure. somebody who, and, and really, they did that with Leslie too. Yeah. She went from being this kind of cynical Michael, female Michael Scott, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's caught that's up right. in this no nowhere job that's going nowhere, that's yeah. powerless, and just yeah. to to making her this I can achieve anything with optimism. Yeah, and in doing that, but they did it all of, like very quickly where it felt yeah. awkward. Cheers. Slow, slow burn slow in character burn. development, and I think it might have to do with the fact that the same handful of people, uh-huh. including uh, Ray Perlman's uh, sister, yeah, Heidi Perlman, wrote the whole thing. The same guy, James Burroughs, directed like yeah. whatever ninety-five percent of them. Yeah. It was one team working. It wasn't a committee. It wasn't a writers. Dude, I'm sure there was a writers' room, but it wasn't like a, a big Dude, group that's, of people. That's such an amazing point. Like I love, I love this anti-committee argument because, I, and you and I are both writers, so obviously we're gonna like really resonate with this argument but I think yeah allowing a, a really small group of people to like implement their vision for a show it really made the show fly and I, I really think those those late cheers episodes that you're talking about the further they moved away from the trope of just Sam's like hypersexuality the better the show got yeah um, you know because that got old that got boring um, Sam Sam became the MacGuffin for all these other characters yeah that's right that's absolutely right um, so yeah, that's a great example of a show that kind of went anti-committee, anti-writer's room, um, and it really was the better for it, and it's why, you know, they could make it work for all those seasons. I think you just had really talented people getting better at their craft. Let me ask you two, two uh, little trivia things. I'm sure you know both of them, but, yeah. but I didn't. Yeah, maybe not. Actually. One, you remember that they had, had like that old guy in the first few seasons, probably first six or seven, uh-huh. who was always like at the bar and once in a while he'd have a line yeah yeah yep. they're kind of like whiskey grimace guy yep, yep I think he must have died or retired or whatever and they replaced him with Phil I remember Phil sure did yep. you know that that actor is uh, Heidi and Ray Perlman's father no doesn't that doesn't that make it better like, it makes it so much better they were like, incredible bring our dad into this no, mix no I love it I love it the other was you remember uh, Paul Paul yeah. what is it Krapitz or yep yep um Aaron and I are going, where have we seen this guy? Dude, where- yes, I've seen that guy somewhere too. So we have this thing where like both of us have phones in our pockets and we could uh-huh. IMDB, but we can't. Like yeah. it's it's not satisfying unless you remember. You gotta, you gotta get there on your own. And uh, and we're watching it and all of a sudden I go, oh my gosh. Yeah. Space out. And she looks at me like, oh, you, you nailed it. Uh-huh. Because I was quoting a little movie called uh, Office Space. Yep. In which case there are two... Bob's. Yep. One is Johnny C. McGinley, and the other is Bob Slidell and Bob Porter. Yes, yeah. and Bob Porter Bob is Bob Porter is that guy. Paul. Yes. Oh, I love it. Look at this, dude. Yeah, gorgeous, Beautiful. isn't it? It's a it's a very clean 
like it's gonna be nice and cool, too. Dude, I love that. Lake. I don't. I don't want to get into some warm lake. It makes me feel like I'm. I'm like an undilute fish pee. Dude, not to be like hyper contrarian and in doing so be predictable, but like <laughs> I'm kind of like more of a Lake Huron guy than a Lake Michigan guy. Yeah, I like but, it over here. I like the. I like the ethos of it. It's not know? like a bunch of mini mansions with like super snobby people yeah. guarding their. It's not a bunch of Chet Danbury's from Chicago. Yes, it's a know? bunch of ordinary. Like yeah. I don't know why that yeah. side of the state got. And, and God bless you if you live God on the Western Lakeshore. You're, you're fine, Mr. and Mrs. Dan, the Danbury family. If you're listening, my 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 whole family comes from that side of the state too, yeah, Holland, yeah. Zealand. But over here, and this is where I grew up on this this side of the state. I feel like like it's more it's more like Mystic, man. Yeah, and less like Grand Haven. I agree. In fact. There's a very you'll see some like Portuguese pizza coming up. And by Mystic, you Portuguese mean the, video. You mean the town of Mystic from the uh, the landmark '80s film Mystic Pizza. If you want to know what those characters really terrible movie. are up to now, mm-hmm. all you need to do is wait uh, less than a month, and you can buy Ted's book, uh, A Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day. And in the last section, gut check, yep. you will get a little update on what Where are everybody they now? is on Mystic on Mystic Pizza. Bigfoot, you see that? Bigfoot. Steamer Woolery too. You get a little Steamer, Steamer Woolery, Woolery update. Charlie Chuck Woolery. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Chuck Woolery's son. You know, everybody fails a class now and again. Not me. You know why? You know why, Ted? There's a lot of pressure on me for one reason and one reason only. I'm Chuck Woolery's son. You know why? Because my dad hosted a very mediocre, like, game show in the 80s called Love Connection. After being just... part of a psychedelic funk band. <laughs> exactly. And now he sells fishing lures and is a strident Republican. I just can't, I can't live with that mantle of responsibility. The whole world is looking at me. Heavy as the head that, oh, holds, the, that holds the crown of being Chuck Woolery's and Steamer Woolery. Dude, what a weird, like, arc for this guy, though. Think about Fascinating, it. Fascinating, isn't it? To go from, like, because, like, the song, mm-hmm. it had sexual overtones. Sure. Like, and, and psychedelic being in the name of the genre, you know these guys were probably experimenting like with substances. Acid. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go deal. from that to like the I'm really... hosting this vapid, yes. banal like he's like okay, tell me uh, how the day go. Yeah. And then from that to being how like this, go. like he, he he writes about being a Republican in like a a left leaning Hollywood scenario and stuff. Yeah. What a weird. And then his son. Steamer. 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 And his other son, Charlie. Uh Uh-huh. You know, neither of them went into the family business and hosted game shows. Dude, and and again, apologies to Chuck Wooler and his family if you're listening. But, like, to me it just seems like... Do you ever wonder if that's just the arc of kind of just a hot, vapid guy? Like, Chuck Wooler was a really good-looking guy in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. And he had some opportunities. He had this psychedelic band that really wasn't any good. And then, like... I don't know. I've got to think he's living out in Hollywood. Um, maybe he's got an agent. Maybe the agent's like, yeah, you should go read for this thing. It's this dating show. It becomes Love Connection, which really was a legitimately great, like, summer afternoon. You're laying on the sofa. You've just had your bologna sandwich. Right. Like, you don't care what's on. You just want to watch TV. You don't care what's on. You just want to watch TV. There's no Cubs game on that day. So you're you're turning on Love Connection, and you're, you're wondering, like, how'd the date go, you know? And then he, he says he'll be back in two and two. Uh, he tells you how the date went. Did you, ever, did you ever time him? I never timed him. Did Dude, you? the guy was full of crap. It wasn't two and two. It was it? never two and two. Two minutes, two seconds. Yeah. That's not the standard length of a commercial break. That became... Honestly, I don't think he had the authority to say that because he, he was didn't. on a bunch of local, uh, you know, like network 
uh, what do you call them? What do you call them? Not franchises, affiliates. affiliates. Yeah, yeah. And, and and they would set their own break. Right, because they're doing their own ad durations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who does he think he is? This he guy? thinks he owns television, Chuck. Williams? Because he owns basically the whole town of Mystic, Connecticut. Yeah, he feels like he can just drive his, if you will, kind of like uh, Porsche of yeah, his late model like red '80s Porsche right into that in, into yeah. any given right TV any, station, any any network affiliates time slot, and, and I, say, listen, two minutes, two seconds, exactly. That's right. You time it up. So whatever local like auto repair ad, you got to cut it off. Right? <laughs> Two and two. Come down to Bob's Guns, where yeah. and we're yeah. back. Hey, dude, that <laughs> show was great, though, wasn't it? It was. Love it connection. was. You know what I hated, though? What? This is maybe a microcosm of the '80s into the '90s, okay. and, and in a bad way. Yeah. Love Connection was the '80s. Uh-huh. Occasional risque comment, occasional yeah. double entendre. Very, very like, but classy in the subtext, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it was, it was there. It was but never overt. Yes, and 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 Woolery kept things classy. He did. The guy was wearing a bow tie, wasn't he? Or was he was wearing like a skinny tie it's with like, like an eighty suit. suit, like a like an eighty suit and a skinny tie. Then you go into the nineties, and do you remember this? Do you remember this show called? Was it called Studs? It was called know. Studs. I don't think I remember this. Explain it. It though. was an afternoon daytime. Like show, okay. sort of game show in the sense that Love Connection was a game show. Sure, sure. Yeah. And a, a girl would go out with three different guys on uh-huh. three different dates, only they weren't like separated, you know, back behind yeah, the yeah. screen or whatever. And she would talk about the date with each of them. Okay. And it was full of blatant double entendre, uh-huh. like crass sexual stuff yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I remember my mom watching it one time and being like, you're not to watch this show. Yeah. Because I was like 13, 14. I never you know, watched it. Well, you know who was on it? Who? A young John Hamm. What? I'll show you the clip. I'll, oh, I'll use my phone to, to make a hotspot when we're there. I'll show you the clip. Yeah. It's hilarious. He had this, he had dead Garfield eyes back then. Really? And he, oh, he seemed like he, he had like this floppy 90s hair. Yeah. And he was kind of like this, just this like yeah. gross, skeevy, like 90s, like, mm-hmm. like, like sex hound guy on this oh. gross, skeevy 90s gross. show. It was like when like Ricky Lake and all these things oh, were popular, yeah, dude. And, and and I feel like we lost just the ability going into the '90s to just let things be under the like for for decades. Yeah, you know, even like a Sinatra song or something. There was always a little yeah. you could find it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we weren't sure. gonna just talk about we it coming right out in the open. It. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, do you, do you think I'm onto something there? Is that a micro? I guess if you haven't seen, was it called Studs? Dude, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I, I think you're onto something. So the the example of that same ethos that, like, and again, we're talking about a matter of just a handful of years here, Zach, because in, like, in 1989, we're laying on the couch in the summer watching Love Connection. Yeah, and by, like, 94... And by 94, we're watching MTV's The Real World. Yes, Where yes. it's like, let's give all these kids a bunch of booze and see if they sleep together. And yes. it's literally like, I wonder if they're going to sleep together. And I'm like, how do we get from... And that became, like, 70% of television. Absolutely. In, in the in How the, did we get there? I don't know the span of like five years it happened, and it's too bad because I so like I want to I want to tip the cap to to Chuck Woolery and say <laughs> like I wish we could go back to that I really do you know Woolery for president twenty twenty I I'm voting I'm voting straight ticket Woolery I'm looking up Studs TV show <laughs> it was so gross in nineties dude I got I got to show you this oh dude, yeah. yeah look at this oh. So it was a real thing, and it was in fact called studs. It was a real thing. It was That's called amazing. studs. I'm going to read you the Wikipedia uh, synopsis here. Yeah. Studs is 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 
is an American television game show Whoa. that was produced by Fox Television Studios for local television stations. Yeah. The series premiered on March 11, 91. So two years, a brief two years after we know we were watching yeah. new Love episodes Connection. of The Love yeah. Connection. Um, did well enough in its run to be renewed for a full season and aired for two more seasons. Okay, so it was. Not okay. as a show. Yeah, yeah. Um, until September 9, 1993. And the format was... Studs follows a somewhat similar format to that of the dating game and love connection. See, this is the, the difference. Yeah. It's like the difference between the real dating game and yeah. then, like, the version of it on Mallrats. Oh, yeah. Where we were like, oh, ha-ha, you're just saying, you're coming out and saying the things, Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. How genius. Um, two men go on dates with three women. Afterward, the men would have to match answers with the women regarding the date. Each correct answer would win a man a stuffed heart. So, like, you try to win... Again, I think what's on the line, as with Love Connection, was, Uh like, $110 worth of second date. (laughs) Wait, you're telling me we can go to the Olive Garden and then... (laughs) And then get an ice cream? (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) The decadence. In the 80s, though, maybe they... they What the crap? Look at that. What is that? Is that a home? That was a really un-PC, like... What did it say? It, it was just a... It was like a life-size, like, Native American on a horse sculpture with his hand, like, in the stereotypical, like, howl position. Yikes. We are in northern Michigan, my we friend. We sure are. We sure are. A lot of influences up here. A lot of... It's a melting pot. They're still watching know? Love Connection now. They're, they're watching Love Connection. Not even on reruns. Somehow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they just get it. They get it. Chuck Woolery's got a studio like, in his basement. He's still doing it. <laughs> or, or is it like when uh, Michael Rich or when that when Kramer was doing uh, the Merv Griffin, the Merv show, Griffin from show, show and nobody was he was just doing it, it. That is literally my favorite episode of all time. Very funny. Yeah, yeah. Dude, so that was when Kramer really shone. Yeah, dude, that one and the one that he uh, where he puts the the garbage disposal in his shower. So that he, <laughs> So that you can prep his food I while prepared all this while bathing. Exactly. Oh, germs! <laughs> Dude, that's got putty in it. Yeah, those are those are good apps. Absolutely. Do you feel like... I mean, Aaron and I were talking about this the other day. We feel no compulsion, even though we own every season on DVD, yeah. to ever watch Seinfeld again. And I don't know why it is. Dude, it's funny. Like, I feel like we've, we've dipped our toes into those waters, but never in a consistent way. It's always been like an episode here, an episode there. Seinfeld was like... Back when people watched TV... So, like, early in our marriage where we had TV, it was a great, like, rerun to, like, run across. Right. Yeah, like it was your, TBS every night. If you're at your parents' house and you're waiting, you got 20 minutes before everybody goes out to dinner and you run across the Seinfeld, it's like, oh, let's watch this. This is great. But, you know, in 2019, when nobody has TV and everybody's just streaming, like, I never I never choose to stream those, you know? Um, and it's it's a weird distinction. Like, I don't know. I don't know why it is that we're... We're committing to shows like Cheers and Frasier, but we're not yet committing to Seinfeld. Like, we, we watched them all the way through when we bought the DVDs. Yeah. And they made me laugh. Yeah. But, I don't know, I feel like they're not as timeless as they think they are, if yeah. that makes any sense. And I'll tell you this, too. It's not quite as sweet a world to inhabit. Oh, yeah, no, it was like a no-hugging policy. And, like, yeah. everyone was, like, at the end of the day, kind of despicable. Yes, everybody was despicable. Um, whereas Cheers and Frasier, we're, we're really into Frasier now, which we've mentioned on the show. Like, dude, this is a wharf guy's paradise. Look at dude, this. Dude, wharf city. Oh. This right there. That's where we yeah. should live. It's a it's a building that looks like a boat. It looks like a boat. That's the best kind. It's a boat. I it's can't a, sink it, though. 
<laughs> right, yeah. And you wouldn't have to sink a lot of money into it. I couldn't it. screw it up. That's a, that's a good boat for me to have. Meaning that it's a building. Dude, we're um, staying on this lake for two days. Yeah, we are. Three days, two nights. Excited. Excited. It's going to be a good corporate retreat for Gutcha. So for a warfsman like yourself. Yeah. Like, even working at that, like, sad Rite Aid right there. Mm-hmm. When you were eating your lunch, you could walk across the street. You could sit on that bench right there, look yeah. out at the the water, yeah, and forget that uh, you were unhappy. This is a this is a warfsman's paradise right here, Zach. And anyone who works at Rite Aid, I, I, I you know, or your families, yeah, right, Ted. <laughs> that's that's right. Uh, no offense. No offense. It was a particularly no sad taking. Rite Aid. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I am a very very frequent uh, patronizer of of Rite Aid. Pa- Patron? Patron. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not patronizing. I don't patronize them. I was being patronizing a second ago, but... (laughs) (laughs) Zach, did you know that uh, the great writer Jim Harrison used to live here in Tawas City? No. Which is where we're driving through. Yeah, Yeah, Tawas is a nice little town. I've never actually been through here, so I'm I'm excited to to be at the old stomping You're seeing the vestiges of where you probably hung out at that Little Caesars there? I bet he got hot and ready from that Little Caesars. (laughs) I'm almost sure of it. Dude, that just reminded me of... One of the great uh, gags off of the last season of, of uh, Cheers. And then I want to say what I think is one of the kind of peak okay. form humor, uh, or peak form jokes. Um, Woody, no, no, it, it, was, it started with Sam saying, uh, you know what, a free round for you, just to thank you for, for patronizing me. Yeah. And, uh, and Frazier was like, uh, I believe you mean patronage. And he said, yeah. what's the difference? He said, yeah. Patronage is being a customer. Patronizing is the way you would talk to a small, dull child. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, you mean the way you're talking to me right now? And he's just exactly. <laughs> and then a minute later, Woody comes in and says something stupid. Uh-huh. And uh, Frazier responds. And, and Sam goes, patronizing? And he goes, you got it. <laughs> Dude, that's great. <laughs> what we watched last night, Norm is sitting at the uh, bar. Mm-hmm. The phone rings. And and uh, Rebecca says, uh, cheers. Oh, uh, hi, Vera. And Norm's like, uh-huh. you know, signaling yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm here. Not here. Yeah. She goes, oh, it's an emergency? Uh-huh. And then Norm's like, fine, okay, like yeah. with a gesture. And she goes, oh, you know what? He just walked in. And he goes, you know, everybody? Uh-huh. And everybody goes, Norm. And then, <laughs> and then Rebecca goes, Mr. Peterson? And Norm goes, and then everybody laughs. Dude, that's so great. so funny. That's so great. And they rarely enough... Like, were that kind of self-aware, kind of yeah. like plays on their own jokes, that it worked really well. Yeah, exactly. Not like The Simpsons, where everything is like nine right. layers of irony and self-awareness deep. Exactly, exactly. No, so true, man. And, and that, that, I think, in and of itself is what makes it a great world to inhabit. And it's what makes you want to, like, watch the, the episodes every day, for sure. Maybe, how long have we been recording this particular episode? We're at like an hour. We so are. It's a do good we, time to land the plane. Do probably. we want to land the plane or do one more question? Or? Oh, yeah, we got to do a question. Yeah. Um, all right. Dave Mitchell. Dave. The fourth Dave. The fourth Dave. The fourth Dave. Oh, look at this big boy, this classic big yeah, boy. classic. Oh. Yeah, at one point, that was an Elias Brothers big boy, but the whole Elias Brothers thing kind of... Yeah. I think there was like a mob war and like the Elias Brothers were feuding. Also, the... the the marquee there at the big boy said, welcome, beer and wine. Can you imagine going into the big boy? <laughs> going into red. this quintessentially, like, <laughs> greasy spoon American diner and get it. You know what? You know what I'm in the mood for? A nice cab salve. Like, give me your finest house Bring wine. Bring me your wine list. That's it's right. Like white. Yeah. Red. We, 
Oh, okay. Can I can I make a quote? Yeah, of course. We've got a 1984 Don Perignon. That'll be fine, pal. Blues Brothers. <laughs> we're we're Blues Brothers enthusiasts. Do you remember on um, the jerk when he goes, you know what? Enough of this old wine. Let's <laughs> splurge. Bring us some new wine. I love it, dude. Maven Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Newsbaum's credit card. All right, so the fourth Dave says, if you were trapped in an elevator with Luke Wampus, mm-hmm. how long would it take before physical violence ensued and who would strike first? Uh, as soon as the door closes, and yeah, I would. Be your opportunity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be my opportunity. What would be, like, the, the technique, like, the blow that you would strike him with? And... Uh, I would throw a right hand, just a nice, short, crisp right hand right down Main Street. Uh, I think that's the that's that's the, the advice that I've given my sons. You know, I think when you raise boys, you need to throw them, teach them how to throw a punch, how to take a punch, how to win a fight if they're ever um, in that situation. And I think... Uh, yeah, not waiting around, and then going a nice, a nice crisp, straight right hand where you, you pivot your back foot, you really put all your, you know, all your torque into it, and uh, yeah, Luke Wampus would be, uh, he'd be out before he hits the ground, and he'd be out before uh, the elevator hit whatever floor we were going to. And you just walk away. You'd walk. You'd yeah. leave him. You'd leave him. It would there. be that scene in the movie where uh, the doors would open. I would exit, and Luke Wampus would be laying there, kind of with his back. And then you'd sort, sort of, of just, like, kind of, eh, I don't yeah. know, to whoever was waiting to get on the elevator. Yeah. Or yeah. would it be the scene where you'd prop him up in a chair and write something on his sweater? I would write something <laughs> on his sweatshirt. Or he would be laying there in a pool of his own blood. The doors would open, and a nice, sweet old lady would come in and kind of look at me and look at Luke Wampus, and I would very pithily say, what floor? <laughs> and then I'd push a button, cut to whatever the next scene is. <laughs> now, do you think it's possible that Luke Wampus is listening to, to someone preaching right now saying, yeah. Ted Cluck will destroy <laughs> your cartilage? Yeah, exactly. He might be. He might what is be. This? I don't know, but I love like it. grandma on a moped on the shoulder going about uh, 10 miles an hour. Northern rural Michigan, baby. This here we are. You know what? Hemingway used to travel that it's way like a dream. when he was up here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> give me. Hop on that. Give me my moped and a. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and not unlike Hemingway on his Vespa, we have traveled too and far. Oh, that's a good segue. That's good radio. We have. We've traveled too and far throughout uh, the wilds of northern Michigan and also throughout these topics. And we will see you next time. Get in through the routine day. Complex schedule creates dispositions well. Neurons in my brain decay.